It's like the soccer interviews at the end of the game. It is, that's true. <laughs> With a, but the camera is kind of far away. Usually they, they have cameras in their faces. Yeah, he's talking about football interviews. This is <laughs> yes, like a football, football interview, interview yeah. but at Bing. Yes. A quick hello to start the show. Welcome to the show, Ali Alvi. Thank you, Bernard. <laughs> Great. That's the best name I've heard all day. All right. I love your name. Oh, thank you. Ali Alvi. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yes. Brilliant. Just like the boxer. People say, is it Ali or Ali? And they, it's Ali like the boxer. All right, okay. Yeah. And Alvi like? Uh, like my dad. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. We're at the Bing offices looking out over Seattle. You're the team lead or one of the team people at Q&A? Yes, I am the lead PM for the team that does uh, Q&A in Bing. Uh, also okay. captions. Uh, and what I'm captions? also like the snippets that you see under the the urls on the on the like the searches on page all right okay yeah so you, you mean under the blue links yes, descriptions yes meta descriptions that are pulled in yeah that's part of q and a they could be generated as well yes all right okay yeah so the team basically the the algorithms that we use to kind of generate the the snippets are the same kind of the same algorithm that we use to do q and a okay. uh, that's why google calls it feature snippets because yeah. they have a snippet and they just feature it we have somewhat <laughs> of a different yeah. You're saying this is an answer to a question, yeah. which we is just, more explicit. Yeah, and then like we don't like in when you look at the architecture, it's not entirely. We're not taking a snippet and featuring it. We actually do a lot more sometimes. So it just broadly, you know, kind of falls into the category of when a user comes and asks a question or a query that looks like a question that we can directly answer. Um, you know, that's my team. I'm the lead PM for the team that does that. Okay. Um, in addition to that, I'm also uh, the lead PM for. Uh, this high ambition AI initiative called Project Turing. Um, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, tell, so, me, tell me what it is because I've forgotten. So it's it's Microsoft's, uh, especially within Bing, there's a team of scientists, uh, re applied researchers, who are working on high ambition natural language processing algorithms. Okay. And those algorithms are being, you know, we are kind of like the hub for those algorithms for all of Microsoft. Um, so the. So sorry, it's a different team to the Q and A team. You're ahead of two teams. That same team provides some of the models that we use in Q and A. Right, okay, so there's, there's crossover. Think, but it's think of it like a horizontal uh, team that provides uh, the brains for a lot of these scenarios, and Q&A is one of them. So you're the brains behind Bing. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> That's a great phrase. <laughs> I, yeah, I represent the brilliant minds uh, who are the minds behind Bing. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Okay, and so for the Q&A, for the I mean, my, my journey to, to here was I asked Gary this from Google, is there a separate algorithm for the feature snippet. Yep. And he said very dryly, no, but I will explain how it works. And then he explained it, which was wonderful of him. Uh, and the, the idea, and the, kind of this is the thing, is you've got the basic algorithm for the blue links, yep. the main algorithm, and yep. you guys have this kind of module that chunks on the, on the side of it, yep. which has different features or the same features, but with different weightings. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I should take a step back. Okay. Um, Absolutely correct. Have I gone too fast? No, far, no, no. Too, too, I mean, too soon. Because, yeah, you went to the features <laughs> and, you know, the, the things that make it, you know, go to the top. Before that, I mean, yes, absolutely. We have an algorithm. Search engines historically have been just the 10 blue links. Yeah. Um, and that's how it was for like 15 years or so. Like Q&A or feature snippets started coming around about three to four years ago. Okay. So the idea is exactly that. You know, we have a query. We get to a point where we narrow it down to here are all the 10... 15, 20 documents yep. that are more relevant to it. Q&A basically just says, now that we have these documents, yep. can we have the machines go in and read through these documents and do some comprehension on top of it 
and now get the specific part within those documents that actually answers this question right on the spot. So Q&A is actually based on the results underneath it. Absolutely. Whereas the video or the images or the knowledge panel is based on completely yeah. other factors. Because, yeah, Q&A by... Oh, sorry, yeah, uh, Minas was just saying about the verticals. And in fact, it's saying yes. we've got different verticals, yes. different... Uh, I'm beginning to understand. Yes, yes. And you guys are on the vertical of the blue links and yes. you're just going, what can we pull out yeah. that gives a definitive so, yeah. answer? But definitive? Well, it depends on the question. Okay. If you ask me a question that how you know tall is the Eiffel Tower, that's definitive. very definitive, right? But then sometimes you can ask us like you know things which are not like what is an average salary for a computer scientist in twenty five thousand dollars a month? <laughs> I've got no idea. I just said a number. <laughs> I wish it was that number. <laughs> but I mean, so for those things, there is no definitive answer. So sometimes we give a range. You can also ask uh, questions which are very subjective, like oh, what is the you know what vegetables take the shortest amount of time to grow or are the best for this kind of a climate? And then it there is no one right answer in no. these cases. So it can be in range. But think of it every time you have a question in your mind rather than just you know, looking for something that is broad and saying, well, I'm going to go and survey like 25 different sites. That's not when you want Q&A. You want Q&A when you're like, okay, I have a question. I want just a, either a direct answer or I want an answer that you know, gives me enough information that I know exactly what I want um, to go, right. go after that. Okay, so yeah. I mean, kind of, I mean I've, I've been saying, let's look at, if you, ask, if you want Bing to put your number one, you're asking Bing to recommend your content as the solution to the problem or the answer to the question. Yep. And the feature snippet is saying, it's not recommending, it's saying this is the answer that we have found to be the most accurate. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is not like being, and you know, when you have a feature snippet or when you have a Q&A, this is one of those things where it becomes uh, tricky. From a user's perspective, they think that, you know, Bing is now telling me that this is it. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, we, this is the best we think Given the context that we found, this is what we think is the best thing that answers your question. This is not like Bing is telling you that the answer to your question is this. Okay. And you know, so sometimes but, we but, do get it wrong, and you know, people like Bing gave me the wrong yeah. information. But but, but isn't that a sign that people trust you and Google? Yes. And, and we we've got to the point now where we just go, okay, that must be the answer. And when it's wrong, we get really upset yes, about it. Absolutely. Or we laugh at you. you no, know, and that's like that's my part of my job is essentially to channel that uh, emotion or the the sentiment that the users have. And go and you know drive that uh, empathy of user through the whole product, saying you know what, even though you know this is a website that was we thought was giving the best answer, the reality is it's the answer is either not correct, or maybe it was off topic, or maybe it could be you know hurting people's sensibilities. And yep. when that does happen, the users perceive it as something that Bing is you know doing. So we have to really own the message when we put something at the top. And, and do you get a lot of direct feedback from people on the search? All, all the time. I mean, that, that was a yes. pained expression. Yes. Q&A, well, I, would, I know we get it right a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, but we do get it wrong. But you um, get your face kind of stuck yeah, in the mud. Yeah, so we, we nearly don't nearly get as much feedback for when we get it right. But when we do get it wrong, we do get a lot of feedback. Well, it's like bad yeah. reviews for a yeah, company, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. I mean. so, and we do have, uh, we have this thing where we, you know, we have a bunch of different initiatives yeah. where we go in and we make sure we are as close to uh, the customer as possible. And we call it zero distance to our customers. Right, okay. One of those things is, you know, going and talking to people, like doing user surveys, bringing them in-house and asking them questions. Another thing is, you know, any feedback that we get, we must respond internally at least to direct it to the right people 
and make sure that there's some action being taken. So that is a huge part of the job of program managers or product managers is to go through and dig through all of those months or weeks of feedback, categorizing So you read it. this stuff? We read everything that and comes And all the rude in. things yes. people say. Yes, all everything. Right. And I mean, of course, we do understand that it's a skewed you know, sample set. Of course, people don't, every time they get this answer right, they're not taking the time to say, you know, this was great. Sometimes they do. I mean, that's, yeah. it's always fantastic. When so I'm going to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Hi, Ali, this answer yeah. was great. So we do go in and, you know, you realize that the same thing can, you know, you can give one answer and it goes back to the point where it's, sometimes it's, things are not definitive. Mm. So you can give an answer that might satisfy half the population, but then it might upset the other half. Yeah. So we have to be very careful. And then, you know, kind of before the interview you were talking about, sometimes you give multiple answers. Yeah. And that's sometimes an attempt to make sure that, you know, this is not something where we can, you know, satisfy 100% of our users with this one thing. Um, so we can give them an option say, okay, here's a couple of different answers that might be on point to this question. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, back to the idea, it's based on the blue links. Right? We've got our list of blue links, yep. and you say, okay, from these blue links, I'm going to choose one as the definitive, uh, yep. the definitive sorry, excuse yep. me, the, the, the answer that we feel is most appropriate the in the candidate. circumstances yeah. of the candidate. Yeah. Um, wh what are the features? I'm trying yeah. to use the word features yeah. and not factors. Yeah. What are the features that you feed into the machine learning yeah. algorithms yeah. That are the most important for that. I mean, I would immediately think expertise, authority, and trust. Which yeah, I was going to, you know, flip the question around. I was like, as a user, when you come and ask Bing a question, <laughs> what would you say makes a good answer? Uh, well, I would imagine that you would, you would, you would be looking at expertise, authority, and trust. I mean, the yeah. answer needs to be right. Sorry, accuracy, oh. relevance. Yeah, we call it re relevance. Okay. Yeah. I mean, accuracy is a hard thing to judge. Good point. Right. Well, accuracy, kind of what I keep hearing is accuracy based on. Uh, accepted opinion. Yeah. And so you need to figure out what accepted opinion is yeah. and then... That's like the biggest part of my job is to define exactly that. What is that metric? Right. You know, I know one of the things that you, uh, you asked for before the interview was how do you measure accuracy? Um, and that's like like fundamentally as the product owner. You, you keep owner. saying before the interview, yes. I asked you loads of questions. Yes. Sounds like I prepped you, but I didn't. I <laughs> no, honest, no. I didn't prep I didn't, you. <laughs> you didn't prep me, but you know, I, I know that you had like uh, top of mind things that yeah. you were you know thinking about. And you know, I've even if you had not you know mentioned the word accuracy, that's as a product manager for an AI team yep. where there's not real like we don't write code, no. we write algorithms. And the way to define and can make sure that the AI does the right thing is by defining the right metrics to measure the AI. Right. Okay. And that responsibility is 100% on the product manager and the team like of, of product managers that own that product. So for my job is to really take what is the definition that for our given user or any user of whether this is the right answer or so, is a good answer and taking that and distilling it down into what we call a metric. Okay. And then we, I am the guy who's responsible for defining that metric and holding the entire team accountable for meeting that metric. So I am basically the gatekeeper for making sure whether the AI goes out the door or not. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. Yes. So, so, so the metric is the secret source. Yes. That you would never tell me, I, I assume. Well, yeah, well, it's not that, like, you, you already said what it was. Did like, I? Yeah, you said it was, it has to be relevant. It has oh. to be authoritative. It has to be trustworthy. It has to be not offensive. No. It oh. has to be fresh. So all That's of those, metric. yeah, those are all the, so when we started this conversation, you were like, oh, so what are the features? And I said, you know, maybe like, let me take a step back. And right. now I'm coming back to that. You're, you're very good at this. Yes. You, you, so. got, you should be doing the interview. <laughs> We've got this the wrong way around. And the fact that you're telling me all the right things, 
uh, about what makes a good answer. Maybe you should be a, a product manager. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll can totally, yeah, we totally switch it off on the world. <laughs> the world. Yeah. No. So um, what I wanted to say was like the Q&A in Bing is one of the most, um, like in terms of AI technology, the most uh, advanced Right. Uh, you know, part of the, the product. And when I say advanced, it's mainly by that, I don't mean like the other people are not doing stuff that's cutting edge. We are using what like an almost entirely neural networks and deep learning based right. uh, okay. solutions. So when, when you, by definition, when you talk about deep learning, then that means we don't know what the features are. So the machine basically just taken text yeah, they get the query, they get the the passages that we give them, and they come back and tell us this is the one that we should show. So sorry, I, I was talking to Nagu at uh, SMX London last yes. year, and he he was saying, you know, there's no point in asking me what the ranking factors are or the features are. Because I remember that how he danced around that question multiple times, <laughs> <laughs> and you persisted. But I oh, was you very, listened to the yeah, episode? I, I heard that episode. Uh, uh, oh, he was, was lovely about it. I was very proud of him. I was like, yeah. <laughs> We're not game at him like five different times. Uh, surprisingly um, as well sometimes. I'm, like, I'm, oh, like. I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to be kinder <laughs> today. But, um, so what, what I now hear then is we're saying, you're, you as a team are saying, this is a question, this is the answer that we consider to be correct. And you do a big long list of those. Yeah. Feed into the machine saying, these are the metrics we're looking for. Yep. Go ahead. Yes. And now you can see if the metric is not correct, the machine will obviously just latch on to whatever the metric is saying. So right. it's, it's when you talk about deep learning and neural networks, end-to-end uh, -end, uh, systems of AI, you all, only, all you get is data in, and then you get a, a label out. And or, so or this is really end-to-end -end machine learning? Yes, pretty much end-to-end AI. AI. Yeah, it's neural networks and you know, mostly the, I don't know if you're familiar with the algorithms that are out, transformer-based deep neural networks for natural language. No idea. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a there's a very popular term like- But there are probably people who yes. are listening who do know what you're talking yes. so about. So because of that, the nature of the algorithms is you cannot really define what it will do except for controlling what data goes into it yeah. and then controlling, you know, what the output it shows and how it's measured. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. really good point. Sorry, it reminds me of two things. One of which is I used to say, you know, let's just imagine Bing and Google, this black box. Don't even bother trying to understand it. The art of what we're doing as marketers is saying, if I can predict what will come out according to what I put in, yeah. I don't need to understand all the stuff yeah. in the middle, exactly. which was before when it was still if else, if else, if else. Yeah. But now it's, there's no way I can understand it. Yes. So there's no point even trying. Yes. Well, like the, the models that we have in production have hundreds of millions of parameters. Okay. Like there's no way you can actually go in and even understand what, the, and this is basically just millions of floating point numbers. Looking at them, you get an absolute nothing. The only way to measure it is give it input and measure the output. And, you know. Wait, oh, oh sorry, that, that means that's what we should be doing as marketers and we should forget about the bits in the middle. And, and yes. Brilliant. Yes. And, yes. and so the other thing is with machine learning, every time it runs, it runs slightly differently because it's learned from the past run. Yes. So it's never the same algorithm twice well, in a row. There is predictability to some extent. Okay. But yeah, because Am the models. Are, yeah, it? yeah. By yeah, but, <laughs> but as we as we train the models and retrain the models, the, the more data it sees. Mm. Um, like since we build on top of the ranking stack, if the ranking changes, everything else changes. So the input changes. Right. If you change the query a little bit, now the entire like as far as the machine is concerned, it it looks different. Like yeah. the, the thing that came in is not the same as the thing that was there before. So it's it's very hard to predict. Um, and that's part of the job that we have as, as program managers, product managers, is to bring that predictability, bring that reliability, that trust, you know, that correctness into the system. And the only way to do that is by defining and really holding the teams accountable to a metric. 
uh, okay. that is so a reflection it's, it's, of our users. What, sorry, what I find interesting about that is actually very human. Yes. Uh, at the end of the day, we've got all these machines, but it's actually human, and you uh, guys absolutely. are get, taking the bullet every time it goes wrong. Yes. So, I mean, like, <laughs> um, Maria and Frederick were uh, at this conference, I think, SEO conference, where yeah. I think Frederick, they had a slide which is, you know, um, AI is built for humans by humans. Yeah. So for humans is all of our users, of course. By humans, by what they mean by that is not like we are not writing code, but we are the humans which are actually containing and defining the guardrails yeah. in which this AI has to operate. So if we give it the data, we get to decide what kind of data is, goes into the system. We get to decide what we label as good or bad output of the Brilliant. system. Mm -hmm. So it's entirely in our control to control what kind of biases that get, get Amplified by the system, what kind of you know input is missing? What data voids are there mm -hmm. in our, that the, the system has never seen? So though that's a human aspect, that's the part where we say it's being built by humans yeah. because we control what and we that, show. And that's mission. a huge responsibility. It is, yeah. That weighs heavily on your shoulders. Yes, and then because and especially when you take that and amplify it right at the top, mm. you know, at the top position, yeah. and then imagine like we power scenarios uh, for smart assistants. So if you ask something from Cortana, for example, mm. what Cortana speaks back mm. could actually be powered by this the same algorithm that we... And now the user doesn't see a, a URL or any text. They just say, I asked Cortana a question and Cortana responded back to me. And, and Yeah, you know, no, yeah. But, but then you're also now at the start of this idea of a task-based journey, yeah. which is the discussion with Cortana will be task-based and you're, you're the guys who are going to be feeding that. Yes. So that's even bigger responsibility. Yep. Yep. Oh my lord! You're you're right at the right at the front of it. Oh, I'd, I'd be scared. So I don't want to change jobs after all. I'll just change my mind. <laughs> I think you'll be good at it. Um, well, Mike, sorry, I have I have a question yes. uh, about EAT, expertise, authority, and trust, yes. or the idea of trust, or yep. the idea of authority. Um, in order to be able to judge that, you have to have understood the entity. Yeah. Therefore, in order to be able to judge any EAT on me or my company, you have to have my name or my company in your knowledge graph to leverage the EAT, and without that, EAT means nothing. Is that a correct statement? Um, we don't rely heavily on the knowledge graph. Okay. I mean, some of our answers do come from knowledge graph. Um, the, the AI that I was talking about is basically working on unstructured data. So basically all the 100 billion URLs or documents in the world. Yeah. But the way we build authority is, of course, by building on top of the ranking stack. We, okay. some, some of that comes implicitly by saying, okay, ranking things, these are the top 10 you know, documents that are most relevant for this. So authority mm -hmm. trust is also a responsibility that you know, we hold the ranking team very accountable for. But on top of that, then we actually make sure uh, we some the signals that ranking has all all these documents come back with their own signals mm. you know what is the you know the quality of this document what is the trust score or what is the rank for this document mm. we take those into account and then we do like these neural networks are very good at figuring out if the query was asking about a specific entity is that entity present in this answer and if that a good match or not and then we rely on the other signals that say okay you know the domain also has the same like if you're asking about Bank of America and the URL is from Bank of America, chances are the trust is going to be high. And we don't explicitly see any of this. The machines, by giving okay. them the right amount of data, the machine, uh, the AI figures this out. So, because I, my question was actually saying, you know, it needs to understand the entity that's giving the answer in order to be able to apply expertise, authority, and trust. Yeah. And you're saying actually, no, not really. Yeah. Um, it's implicit within the content. Yeah. The way what's we build, more important. Yeah. Sorry, just yes. what's more important is to understand the entities that are being mentioned in the text. Yeah. That correspond to the answer that I'm that uh, I'm looking uh, to provide. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. 
So, I mean, and that's all implicit. We don't explicitly right. do anything. There are things that we do explicitly, and those are mostly to prevent really bad things from happening. So there, there are some interventions that we have that are, you know, uh, making sure that, you know, if something offensive comes up, we have filters that can say, okay, you know what, even though this seems like the most relevant thing for the use that the user asked for, this might not be the best thing that we want to go and promote at the top. So we get yeah. rid of those things. It could be hate speech, could be fake stuff, could be offensive or, you know, uh, adult stuff. So those are things where we do have interventions because it's very hard for machines to a single system to know all of those things. You yeah. have to have some kind of guardrail, and those are the guardrails we are, we are, I was talking about. Well, when you've got guardrails for the machine along the route, yeah. then it provides the answer you've got a filter to filter say, actually. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I've got a filter system to, to, to suggest. To suppress, that, yeah, yeah, to suppress. And, and that's a human judgment that you're making. Yeah. Yes. And that's your responsibility. That's and you, responsibility. you make those from a, a lot from the feedback? Uh, yes, uh, I mean, a lot from like we give we ground everything in what the users think is right or wrong. So a lot of this comes from feedback or just asking people, you know, in these uh, user surveys, or at least as a product manager, my job is to say, okay, what do I think the product opinion should be? Should we get into the business of answering this kind of a query or not? Because right, one of the yeah. one of the great things about Q and A is user can ask a question, we can choose not to answer it. <laughs> right, so that's what I tell my team is like we don't we don't have to trigger for one hundred percent of the queries that users ask. Yep. Frederick doesn't have that liberty; he has to show something like the result. That's true. Yeah. So for us, it's a it's a choice that we make, and that choice has to be made in a responsible fashion, hmm. because when we do get it wrong, the consequences are, in my opinion, worse than what. You know, if you show blue links that are kind of not so, not so, so the, the the filter is actually two things. One is corporate responsibility or corporate image, corporate serving its clients in yeah. a way that its clients would want to be served. Yeah. And the second is some kind of algorithm built from the feedback from the users yes. when people complain. Yeah. Most of these, like the the filters, are also in, internally are AI algorithms that have been trained. So, like for adult, we have you know. Oh, adult, you don't just press yeah. on the button yeah, and say yeah, no. that's rubbish. No, not having no, that. Yeah. So it's it's mostly is like we. You know, it starts off maybe with that, say, oh, yeah. this was a bad thing, we shouldn't have shown it, and you accumulate that data, then you expand on that data and say, okay, can I get a big enough data set that is representative of this class of issues? And then mm -hmm. you, you know, let, train an AI model, and then that AI model is able to do this on the fly. You don't have to even worry about now, you know, monitoring every single answer, right? Yeah, okay, and, and, and another question, which is probably completely outside anything you want to answer, but uh, people in my industry, in the, mar the digital marketing space, are getting worried about the fact that people aren't coming to their sites because they're getting the answer with you. Um, have you got anything you would say to them about that that isn't rude? <laughs> I mean, I, I do understand like why that sentiment exists, mm. but the reality is everybody is trying so hard to get to the algo at one, right? And this is actually putting you above everything else. Yeah. So in a way, if, if the site has good content, reliable content, and is very relevant to the user's question, it's imp almost impossible for us to answer every single question with like 200 characters mm. at the top. So a lot of the times users will click through and we actually do have a very high click through rate on, yeah. on the top of the, of the, on the Q&A block. So it is in like diverting traffic to you rather than you being at algo at five or seven or maybe yeah. outside the SERP page. So it goes both ways. Sometimes user will be satisfied and say, oh yeah, this is great. But then I would argue that in a subconscious mm. way, it's actually bringing some kind of a trust in that domain. They say, oh, I saw an answer from this URL or this website and it was good. Maybe next time they will actually be more likely to click on it. Yeah. And I mean, kind of, if I can get my brand name into that feature, exactly. Q&A, sorry, oops. Um, 
then I getting branding. And because Bing is saying, I trust the answer from this brand, yeah. by association, you're giving me exactly. kudos. And yeah, it's kudos. And it's also, you know, statistically, the traffic does go to the websites because we have yeah. a very high click through rate. Well, I mean, Google have just taken off the second link in the page yeah. and people are complaining about that. Yes, uh, we don't have that. Like we, if you're appearing on the the blue links, you still are there. Yeah. Um, Google, I understand, have moved it outside of the top. Yeah, and they've said we take the second link yeah, out because it's they think that it's maybe they think it's unfair to have a double representation. I mean, if you know, if uh, you were one of ten and you actually were the best. I would argue that you could, you should get double. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, well, fair enough. But I mean, I'm not the, in the business of making that decision. That's probably in the purview of the the team that decides what blue links to show. Yeah. But I can certainly say that. All right. That would be Frederick the Booth's yeah. decision. So, well, Frederick or somebody you know, above oh, both sorry. of us, both in of in us. Yeah. Team, excuse me. Yeah. yeah excuse me. But sorry. in the ranking team, yes. Yeah. Okay. But we work very closely together. Like we have had these conversations ever since Google has done that. We've had the conversation of saying, you know, what is our strategy around treating mm. Q and A because. A lot of the time, the, the stuff that we show at the top is not in the algo block. So, oh right, it, yeah. it's on page two. It could be on page two. It could not be even there because yeah, because I mean, a lot of people. Were, oh, ooh, sorry, yeah. come back to that. A lot of people were arguing it had to be on page one, but you're now saying it could be on page two or not even in there yeah, at all. In, like the, in the case, it, it's got to be somewhere in the blue links because you said you're building on top of the blue links. A lot. Well, it becomes. I'm a trying, I'm trying no, to trick you. No, no. So we build always build on top of the blue links, and most of the time it's done on the actual live. Set of blue links. Yeah, but sometimes you know we've shown we've shown an answer which has been good. We we will memorize it, right. right? And now when we show it, that URL might not be ranking might have changed over time. So there's a chance when that might not be on the top, or in part of the the ten blue links. It will be somewhere in the ranking. I just cannot guarantee that it will be in the ten. Well, okay. The other thing is when we use uh, we alluded to this uh, for a little bit. Sometimes the use uh, our you know knowledge graph. Knowledge graph answers, by definition, are not coming from the. No, the no, no. Okay, okay. So they're coming like from the, the, the original question that we that I alluded to was how high is the Eiffel Tower? We can easily go get the entity for Eiffel Tower from our. Situation. And then you just stick a knowledge and graph. Just, yeah, block yeah. So, of a, and that thing will never be like there will be other URLs that talk about the height of the Eiffel Tower, but, but it, it won't, won't be the, be the same, same source. Thing, yeah. So those are the subtle things that we have to decide. Like we cannot just treat this as another blue link, just at the position one. Okay. Um, Google. Probably has a different way of going about no, this, no, so they can do this. All right. Well, I've got one last question because yes. Frederick's going like that outside. He's <laughs> saying, "This is it." Um, I was talking to, to Fabrice about the the way he annotates the, the the data that they put in the database. If the blue link comes up with something and the link, the answer isn't in the meta title, meta description, you just go down, and pull the annotation out, and stick it in there. Absolutely. So, so that's the 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 algorithm. When I talked about like the high ambition AI stuff that we do, yeah, we have algorithms that are. Uh, that we call machine comprehension and machine reading, we can give you an entire, like this algorithm, the entire web page. And basically say, here's an entire, you know, 1,000 sentences of a web page. Mm. And here's a question. Can you go and read through this entire document and figure out what is the best part of this web page that is answering this question? And that, you know, when I say high ambition and cutting edge AI, those kinds of algorithms are not even like even in academia, you won't be able to find some of those things. So that's the, the applied science and researchers that we have. They're able to build these algorithms on these natural language wow. um, and techniques that can do those things. Oh. So we like so we are know, really you, teaching machines how to read yeah. and comprehend and understand. But I mean, you, you depend initially on Fabrice's annotations Fabrice's, to, to create blocks and be able to bring these blocks out. And secondly, on your own yeah. natural language. So yeah, we rely on Fabrice's 
and his team does some really amazing work that we actually absolutely rely on. We, we cannot build these algorithms on just raw HTML. We need mm. to extract what we call you know, document body. And once you have a text, which is just basically the web page's text, we can go in and then you know, extract anything out of it. And sometimes Fabrice's team also helps us by saying, okay, we think this is, these are relevant passages or paragraphs in there. So you might want to treat them as one entity. But in some cases, we don't even need that. We can just go in and say, okay, give us the entire document and we'll just go and read it like a human does and but figure out what are the two or three parts of the document that make most sense and we'll put them together. And which Fabrice and or the, the, the Algo, Blue, Blue Link Algo team doesn't they? They don't do, but like going back to the first point, which was I'm also the, uh, the lead PM yeah. for the captions team, which is the snippets. We do use the same technology to now show the relevant. So, which explains why when I've got a rubbish meta description or it doesn't contain the keyword, you just dig down, pull something yeah. else out, stick in there. That's absolutely that's the best conclusion <laughs> of the whole lot. Yeah. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, Ronald. Was that fantastic. was an amazing insight at the end. <laughs> I love it. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you, man.